My name is uh, Andrew Mlangeni. I was arrested and sentenced to life imprisonment. In a case called the Rivonia Trial, with Nelson Mandela, Walter Sisulu, Gavin Becky, and others. Sisulu was an inspiration to me. Even my school days, you'd see the newspaper writing that Sisulu is fighting for the freedom of people. And I said to myself, if Sisulu can do this, why should I stand aside? I never thought I'd be sentenced to more than six years. I was wrong. I was sentenced to life imprisonment. We were transferred from Pretoria after we were sentenced on the 12th of June 1964 to Robben Island, where we spent 19 years and nine months. The 13th of June 1964 was one of the coldest days they said in South Africa after 20 years. Very early in the morning, about 3 o'clock, they woke us up. When we asked them, where are you going? They said, oh no, we're taking you somewhere else. Got out into a, a truck and uh, drove us to a military base in Pretoria. And when we got there, we were put into a military plane. Only then we were told that we had been transferred to Robben Island. They handcuffed us, even in the plane. If you want to go to the toilet, you've got to come along with somebody to whom you are handcuffed. We landed on Robben Island. We were then taken to very small cells. They kept us there for two weeks while they were building a section for us, the famous B section. Of the Rivonia trialists, my wife was the first one to come. You are shouting to your visitor that site. You can hardly hear. And that's the type of visit, my first visit I got. We enjoyed listening to the singing of the birds early in the morning, which was in a way soothing to our nerves. The bells rang at six o'clock. You then get up, clear your bucket, wash, have your breakfast, and you march to the quarry. We went on that lime quarry until 78, 79, when the new SASO students came in. It was a, a punishment quarry. You must put up a brave face, pretend that things are okay. When you're in prison, it's only then that you realize oh, what is it that you are missing from outside. Even just the ordinary touch of a human being, the cry of a child. I didn't see my children grow up. My wife single-handedly brought them up, and that's one thing I greatly regretted. Many years later, they introduced music and censored news Sometimes 
They'll open their radio and just hear, this is the end of the news. That's all. And then music takes over. They'll play that music until about 8 o'clock and stop. Majority of newspapers, we go to Africans' newspapers, the Berger. You buy this newspaper from common law prisoners who work in the offices. They work in the homes of wardens and they get these newspapers. We buy them by giving them tobacco. When you are reflecting and you are sitting alone in your cell, a number of questions arise. Was our decision correct to take up arms? The longer we stayed in prison, the more convinced we were that the decision itself to take up arms was correct. The four of us, Susulu, Mandela, Raymond Mshlava and myself, were then transferred to Polsmo prison where we spent another seven years before our release. I made use of my incarceration. I studied through University of South Africa and I acquired two degrees, BA and BA honors in political science. I was due to write exams. We're taken to the officer's mess for the first time. And they said, chaps, what would you like to have? We opted for steak and chips. Also, we wanted the TV. John Bishop read the news and said, the government is prepared to release unconditionally the following. My blood pressure shot up. It's excitement. Obviously, we were the feelers. They released us to see what the position is going to be in the country. The excitement of people outside, people coming to our homes for weeks on end. My street was closed on both sides, almost for, for 10 days. The crowds of people coming. I had put the struggle of our people in front of all my personal things. I did it at the expense of my wife and family. The freedom of everybody in the country, including the whites. 